I want to tell you something, and that is operating a food company has been one of the most challenging endeavors of my life. From innovating products that we want to land at the intersection of taste and nutrition, to wrestling with supply chain issues and managing inventory, I have had more sleepless nights in the past three years than I have in the last 30, including the 12 when I was a firefighter. But no one tells you that food is hard. But I also want to say it's because of each of you that we continue to get in the trenches day after day after day. It's in our core values to keep at it, knowing that we are filling a giant void in the market with products that you can't find anywhere else. And this makes it easier for us to climb out of bed each day. I want to thank you for your patience. We are anxiously awaiting the return of our organic pancake and waffle mixes. And we're excited to announce that our Plant Strong milks will be available online later this week, followed soon thereafter by the return of our exciting new burger mixes. Our goal is to be your reliable and trustworthy partner for all things Plant Strong, allowing you to stock up on healthy meals that you can make and enjoy in minutes while still managing your busy lives. I appreciate each and every one of you and want you to know that the effort will be worth it once more brands start to care about the integrity of the nutrition that they're putting into their products. Thank you so much for your support and please stay tuned for exciting updates at planstrong.com. Hello, PlantStrong family. You know, one of the best parts of my day is waking up and having the opportunity and the privilege to read letters from people like you who have taken their health into their own hands. And today I want to share a note from Rosie who attended one of our most recent retreats in Sedona, Arizona with her beautiful daughter, Tegan. Here you go. Dear Rip and the whole PlantStrong team, I want to give a big shout out to say that I have had great success following the Every Bite Matters whole food plant-based way of eating since my daughter Tegan and I attended the Sedona retreat this past October. It's been 37 days since I started down the path. I am currently 31 pounds lighter than I was when I started. After completing a new blood panel, my blood pressure is now down 80 points on my systolic, the upper number, and 26 points on the diastolic, the lower number. My total cholesterol has come down from 250 to 175. That's a drop of 75 points. My LDL came down 45 points and my A1C is 5.1. I am proud to say that I have discontinued all medicine for high blood pressure and I am beyond excited and wanted to share this with you and your team. Beyond all that, the single most profound and extremely unexpected gift that I have received from this retreat adventure, bar none, is this, self-love. Thank you, Rip, via my daughter, via the Rich Roll Podcast. With love, gratitude, and best of everything to you and your fantastic team, and I mean fantastic team. Thanks again for everything. Love, Rosie.
Well, Rosie, it was so fantastic having you and your daughter join us for the Sedona retreat. And if my memory serves me correctly, you were the last two signups. And it was just so, um, so appropriate that you guys were, were able to attend. And I remember your daughter's story of strength over pain and resilience over obstacles. And it's one that I think will, will stick with everyone that was in attendance. Uh, you two, you make one heck of a great team. And again, so glad that you decided to join us. What a gift that you guys gave each other. Please keep me and the whole Plant Strong team posted on all your adventures going forward. Now, for anyone else out there, I want you to know that we just announced our return to Black Mountain, North Carolina. It's going to be this spring from April 16th to the 21st. And I want you to come and experience your own adventure just like Rosie and Tegan did. For all the details, just visit planstrong.com. And then on the pull-down menu, select Black Mountain Retreat. Or you can simply send us an email at events at planstrong.com. And one of us will happily get back to you and help you decide if this retreat is in fact right for you. It truly is the ultimate gift that you can give yourself. So again, I want to thank Rosie for writing in and letting us know about her success. And I can't wait to see many of you next spring in Black Mountain. So when I finished the book, I spent four hours at Whole Foods. I'll never forget it. Reading labels and learning, oh my God, no wonder why I'm so bad off. Oils and everything, you know? Yeah. So I, you know, that was the day I got rid of everything out of my pantry that wasn't healthy and sectioned uh, half for my wife, half for me, and then boom, went to Whole Foods and filled it back up with fruits and vegetables, beans and whole grains, and my journey began. I'm Rip Esselstyn, and welcome to the Plant Strong Podcast. The mission at Plant Strong is to further the advancement of all things within the plant-based movement. We advocate for the scientifically proven benefits of plant-based living and envision a world that universally understands, promotes, and prescribes plants as a solution to empowering your health, enhancing your performance, restoring the environment, and becoming better guardians to the animals we share this planet with. We welcome you wherever you are on your Plant Strong journey, and I hope that you enjoy the show. Picture this. You're about to be wheeled into the OR for triple bypass surgery. One artery is 100% blocked, and two others are 65% blocked. You have an enlarged heart, leaky valves, and a heart murmur, among other issues. At the 11th hour, while you're being wheeled in on a gurney for surgery, your cardiologist says, look, we can do this triple bypass or I can give you the name of this surgeon that has this crazy plant-based diet that supposedly can halt and reverse heart disease. And you have no idea why, but you choose the crazy plant-based diet because surely it's got to be easier than a triple bypass. Thanks to the work and the encouragement of a certain Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr., you make the radical lifestyle change, and guess what? Your angina disappears within three weeks, putting you on a path to health, self-discovery, and a new purpose in life. My friends, I am sharing the true story of my guest today, Paul Chatlin. 
Paul was inspired by the radical shift in his health and the desire to spread the word, the good word about plants. And Paul created the Plant-Based Nutrition Support Group, or as we like to say, PBNSG for short, in 2014. PBNSG is dedicated to evidence-based education and the advocacy of plant-based whole food nutrition and an active lifestyle to prevent and reverse chronic Western diseases. PBNSG provides classes, community, and plenty of support to help guide people in this transformation and optimize their health. My family and I are friends and supporters of Paul and and this really spectacular organization. So I wanted to share his story with you today, especially if you find yourself at a crossroads with your own health journey. Paul is a true go-getter, working from the heart to help spread the good word about whole food, plant-based nutrition. Enjoy this special episode with Paul Chatlin. Paul, it is absolutely a privilege to have you on the podcast. Been meaning to have you on for a long time, so I'm glad that we finally made this uh, a reality. I do need to say, apologize for my voice. And what happened is I went to a swim meet this weekend and one of my old swim managers, when I swam at University of Texas at Austin, his name's Sam Kendricks. And he went on to become literally the voice of swimming in America, the best announcer that this country has ever seen. And he died he died of uh, blood cancer about uh, four months ago. Gem of a human being. And he used to say during a really like tight race, like boom, chakalaka, boom, chakalaka. And so the gentleman that was emceeing this memorial service had us at the very end say boom, chakalaka as loud as we could so that all the way in Melbourne, Australia and, you know, Germany Everybody could hear it across the world. So I yelled so bloody loud that I haven't been able to talk for the last two days. And now I've got a semblance of a voice for you, Paul. But I didn't want to push the interview because we got to march forward in life, right? <laughs> I like it. Yes. And you sound, you sound fine to me, man. I mean, every, I think uh, you sound just raspy, sexy. Right. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. And you know what? And 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 look at this shirt I'm wearing, Paul. This is my one of my favorite shirts in the whole wide world. WTF wears the food, right? This is this is your little puppy, your little organization, PBNSG, that you started in what 2014? Is that right? Uh it's 2000. Yeah, it was late 2013, 14, right then. Yeah. Yep. And and we're gonna get into this whole story about what PBNSG is and why it's so special why you are so absolutely precious and special. But what does PBNSG stand for, Paul? Plant-Based Nutrition Support Group. I love it. And you know what? I think it's this is the perfect time for us to jump in because a lot of people probably don't know about you. They probably don't know about your story and what inspired you to start PBNSG that really is one of the most incredible plant-based nutrition support groups in probably the world. Mm -hmm. And so let's start at, let's go back. So where did you grow up and were you like, did you like 
what was that? What did that look like? <laughs> All right. I grew up in Detroit, uh, uh, moved in eighth grade to the suburbs. Um, my life was centered around sports. And uh, in my teens, it was girls in sports. <laughs> okay. And then in my later teens, it was other things and girls in sports. But it was all about sports. You know, I played football, basketball, baseball. I played baseball in college. I was a sports person. So I, I, I it probably just was perfect with my personality because I'm always on the move and I got to keep busy. And as my mom used to say, uh, the busier you are, the less trouble you'll get in. And mm-hmm. that was somewhat true. And okay. And so did you have brothers and sisters? I've got a sister who's uh, a year older. And uh, that's what I got. And then I've got a bunch of brothers like you who uh, I found along the way that I feel close to. And so growing up, what did you guys think like was the definition of, of healthy? I mean, obviously you exercised a lot. Did you guys eat the standard American diet? Anything special, special in that way? You know, healthy was uh, working out. You know, that was it. Just, you know, keep moving, keep being, you know, uh, keep in movement. Uh, but uh, growing up, no attention to any type of, you know, you know, of course we had our salads, but they probably, they weren't the right lettuces, but, uh, and my mom did as a kid growing up, uh, say to me that you're going to finish those peas and she has all night. And literally (laughs) her and I would just stay at the dinner table till about eight, nine o'clock. And finally I'd give in and learn how to swallow peas and beans. I was not a big vegetable person. Uh, so she gave it her attempt, but, uh, you know, not, not much attention to health because not many people knew about health then. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, um, <laughs> I don't think really, I mean, it, it, it's incredible to me how our definition of what it means to eat healthy has evolved since you and I have been around. And, you know, I, I look at what people like T. Colin Campbell, Dean Ornish, my father, John McDougal, some of these giants have done to show us in large swaths of this population what it means to eat healthy. And yet, as you and I both know, there are millions and millions and millions of people where there's all kinds of nutrition confusion. They don't know that what they're doing is there's anything, you know, that's wrong about it. We got paleo, we got keto, we got carnivore. I mean, it is, it's kind of nutty all the different things that are swirling around out there today. And so what did it like a typical meal look like for you up until what, 30, 35, 40? Uh, Meat and potatoes, a little bit of vegetables. And so did that that kind of come and bite you in the ass at some point? Oh, it bit bit me big. uh, Probably, you know, I I started getting an understanding of it probably in my early 30s when my cholesterol was elevated so much that in my 30s, I started taking a statin. And um, just a side note on the statins back then, we had three choices. You had Zocor, Lipitor, or Provostatin. Mm-hmm. I tried the first two. I tried uh, Zocor first, got the side effects. What were those side effects? A high muscle enzyme. So it was literally, I could barely walk. So I called the doctor. And I mean, I'm talking about just you know serious pain, taking baby steps. And I had to get off the medication. And within about two, three days, I was normal again. He then puts me on Lipitor. Within seven months, same situation, takes me off it, puts me on Provostatin, which was the lightest of the statins, put me on 800 or 80 milligrams of it, which is the highest dosage. And from the mid 30s till uh, 53, 
Uh, he was accepting a baseline of somewhere between 280 and 340, and that was my cholesterol number. Wait, 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 wait. Your total cholesterol was two, 280 yeah. milligrams per deciliter to 340? Yeah, it would it would bounce around between the two. That's with the statin? Oh, yeah. So, seriously. So, do you know what it was without the statin? Uh, higher than 340, but... Again, I never, it was only when I started, uh, I discovered it was like 280 to start and it can stay that way uh, in my thirties enough so that he put me on the statin. And then again, even with the statin, it would still never get below 280 and there was no other option for another statin. I mean, he had me on the full 80 milligrams of Provostatin and I couldn't take the other two. So do you know what your LDL, the lethal cholesterol was? Uh, back then, no, but I, I know what uh, it led up to. I mean, it, it, it was not good. I will say that when I first uh, got tested, uh, when I was, like I said, in my early 50s, uh, the uh, number was 347. I'll never forget it. And the LDL was in the high 100s. Yeah. So, Paul, it almost sounds to me like you had uh, familial hypercholesterolemia. Was that, was that ever? Never brought up. It wasn't. Okay. Okay. You know, they, you know, doctors, my doctor, who's not my doctor anymore, you know, he wanted to keep it always simple for people. And he'd say, hey, it's too high. So try the statin. And then well, why don't you just try some diet cheeses, some egg whites? You know, he, he would give me a list of some things, you know, skim milk instead of whole milk. You know, and I made all those changes, but it had no really effect on on, on my bottom line of cholesterol numbers. Right, right. Well, that's because it, you were still consuming a lot of cholesterol. Um Okay, so 50, 53, besides um, having elevated cholesterol and being on a gorilla dose of, <laughs> of a statin med, how did you feel? You know, I, I felt fine. You know, I mean, I was, I was at that time in my life, I was uh, lifting weights every day. I was playing comp- really high competitive tennis. Uh, you know, I was busy, busy. I didn't really feel bad until one day, until that one day when I woke up with severe chest pains. Mm -hmm. And so will you kind of walk us through that, that morning or that day and what, what led to you being, uh, on that, that gurney? Yeah, well, it was, uh, waking up one day and I, I'm feeling a pain I've never felt before. And, uh, I could, uh, reflect back that, you know, my dad and his three brothers all had quadruple bypass in their 50s. Well, I was in my 50s. So I, I was saying, well, they had it. It's, I guess it's my time. And unfortunately, two out of three never made it. And one was never the same. And it was, uh, I got to watch my dad cry for four days, you know, while he was recovering. That wasn't a pleasant sight. Mm. So I wake up every morning and this lasted for about, Mm, too long, two months where I'd wake up and feel it. I'd go to bed at night and feel it. And I was like dreading waking up because it would just was consistent. It would not bother me so much during the day, but I started noticing playing tennis that I needed to take a time out. Like, like just, I, I just had, I couldn't catch my breath. Yeah. You know, then I'd catch my breath and keep playing. And I continued on. And then one day I was at a meeting at, for work and I walked outside and I literally could not take seven steps without just cold sweats, severe chest pain. I sat down again, it would go away, but that was the moment I said, I've got to go see my doctor. You know, I listen back 12 years ago, you know, there wasn't as much information as there was today. And I just thought, and I was hoping 
that it would just go away. But I was doing nothing to help it go away. I just was hoping it would go away. Um, I went and saw my doctor and he heard a heart murmur he had not heard before. Immediately, he said, listen, I need you to see my cardiologist. The next day, I go see the cardiologist. He does all the tests up to the heart uh, catheter and a heart biopsy. And um, he finishes up by saying, listen, I've been doing you know, cardiology and I'm a heart expert for 35 years. And my uh, history tells me that you're going to need either a quadruple bypass or maybe a heart transplant. We're not sure. Did you turn white when he said that? I mean, oh, dude, I was like, like, I was just, I was just sad. I was just really sad. I was like, wow. Like both of them, it wasn't like, well, you're going to have a sunny day and a rainy day. It was like either quite, you know, bypass surgery or a heart transplant. Now heart transplant, that really got my attention. But wow. Um, so I, I drove home, stopped at my wife's office, explained everything I went through. I didn't want to worry her. I love her so much. It probably, no, it wasn't probably, it was a dumb thing to do. I should have had her involved from day one. So she starts crying in her office and her boss comes up and says, what the heck's going on? Cause she's not a crier. And he, uh, we explain it to him and he says, Hey, hold on for a second. Give me a couple hours and comes back and he says, I got you an appointment at the Cleveland clinic. And it happened to be one day before my heart catheter scheduled at the local Beaumont hospital. So you know, I go to the Cleveland Clinic. I had never been in that place in my life. I was lucky to even get in. And they assigned me the one doctor out of the hundreds of heart, you know, doctors they have, whose mentor was Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, your father. I heard of that guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so we go in, we get the heart catheter and I could hear him in the background because they kind of put you in this twilight. So you could kind of, you're fading in and out, but I hear him go, yes, yes, yes. I'm like, why are you so happy? Because I'm not happy. He says, well, you don't need a heart transplant, but you need immediate bypass surgery. What's interesting is I always show people this because I got it right behind me as a reminder, but uh, my doctor who they assigned me, his his title was Director of Heart Failure Intensive Care Unit, Section of Heart Failure and Cardiac Transplant Medicine. So he had seen all the you know, information from my local guy thought that they assigned him to a heart transplant. He was the head of it. And um, he says, okay, well, we're ready for the bypass because they had me all prepped up and here they are wheeling me in and right at the door. <laughs> and um, Let me take a half step back. Yeah. I'm sitting there just before I do the heart catheter and I do the old, Hey God, you get me out of this one. Because he's got me out of a lot of messes. <laughs> I said, I promise. And I mean, I really promise I will do something to give back. I promise you this time. Because sometimes I make a promise. I didn't keep it with him. And um, so now I'm being wheeled in. Stops at the door. He says, hey, would you consider a lifetime, a lifestyle change? And maybe you don't need bypass. I've only offered this to one person in 20 years. Wait, wait, you're and you're and you're actually lying down, right? Oh, yeah, I'm I'm lying down. I'm all prepped up. I just finished the heart catheter. They're wheeling me in for bypass surgery because I needed it. You know, I needed it. And he stops at the door and he says, Yeah, hey, you know, I've only offered this to one person in 20 years, but would you consider a lifestyle change? I said, Yes. Now, 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 here's the naivety on my part. Yeah. I didn't know what a lifestyle change meant. I had no idea. I just said yes, because I didn't want to have bypass surgery. Right. <laughs> so immediately, now this is like 9, 930 at night. 
he takes his cell phone out right there at the doorway. And I hear him say, hey, uh, Essie, this is Maz. I got somebody I want you to talk to. I'm going to offer up a lifestyle change for him. And I never knew who Dr. Esselstyn was. Never yeah. heard of him. And he's on the phone with me at 9, 9.30 at night. He says, go on home and I'll give you a call in the morning. Well, he didn't realize that like, hey, I, I think I wasn't released till like two o'clock, but we we drove home that night. So we were there for 24 hours straight. So you decided to scrap the bypass, go go with this lifestyle change that you didn't know what it entailed. <laughs> what did, did the surgeon try and like, come out and talk to you and say, Hey, Paul, this is really probably not a good idea. You know what? Um, I will tell you that um, that was a, the secondary option that he gave me. But as soon as he handed me the phone and your dad was on the other line saying, I think uh, we can work yeah. something out. I didn't decide I didn't want to talk to the surgeon. I was all in with lifestyle change that I had no idea what it was about. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you, so you uh, drove home, drove home, Eight o'clock in the morning, your dad calls me and we spend about 45 minutes on the phone. I immediately get his book. I read it end to end within a day and a half. What were your initial like thoughts when you were reading it? Were you like, this is extreme? What have I gotten myself into? Well, no, it was really kind of like it, it, I wanted to validate what I was about to do. I had no, like, I didn't realize it would put a, a crimp on travel and eating dinner and the trajectory of my family especially my wife, I was more looking for validation of, Paul, you just made an impulsive decision. And oh, it made sense. You, you, It was a good decision because he gave you all the proof in the world as to why a lifestyle change is important. So when I finished the book, I spent four hours at Whole Foods. I'll never forget it. Reading labels and learning, oh my God, no wonder why I'm so bad off. Oils and everything. You know, so... I, you know, that was the day I got rid of everything out of my pantry that wasn't healthy and sectioned uh, half for my wife, half for me. And then, boom, went to Whole Foods and filled it back up with fruits and vegetables, beans and whole grains. And my journey began. But it really didn't start that day because I was still really sick. You know, it wasn't just that I had a 100% block in my right artery. I also had an enlarged heart through all the exercise and genetics, probably. I also had leaky valves. I had scarcidosis of the right side of the aorta, along with a heart murmur and a left bundle branch block. So I was a mess. So they really wanted to shrink that heart. And the way they thought they'd do it is by putting me on sleeping medicine, uh, serious double doses of it. And for the next 60 days, I was sleeping 16 hours a day. And then the other eight hours, I was trying to learn how to cook. Mm -hmm. I knew my life was changing. And, you know, you're you know, how to reverse and prevent, how to prevent and reverse heart disease gave me some cooking ideas. And back then, think about 11 years ago, there was like one or two cookbooks. So there wasn't much out there. And so here I was, you know, every day going, man, I'm eating this food. I just don't really like, what did I do? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, after about 14 days, my taste buds started to change. Now I can't tell everybody that, oh, I went from, I don't like vegetables to, I love vegetables. No, I went from, I don't like vegetables that to, I could eat this, you know, I, I can, I could do this. So that was kind of cool to watch the, you know, your, your taste buds change. And then at about the, I don't know, 14th through 20th day, my angina went away. 
And I'm like, wow, I remember waking up one day without the pain. And I thought to myself, wow, this stuff really worked. So that took how long? Two weeks for the angina to go away? Yeah, two weeks to, you know, two and a half weeks. So, you know, everything was starting to line up. And then all of a sudden I started looking. I was about, I was powerlifting during those early 50s and uh, with my son. And uh, I was about 235 pounds. And all of a sudden, whoa, (laughs) the weight was starting to just drop off me. And, you know, it's, and it's been kind of nice because I'm, I'm at about 165, 170. And I've carried that weight now for 11 years, a lot less weight. And uh, the, the beneficiaries are my knees, you know, my, my ankles, you know, my hips, you know, I, and, and then the other thing I love about it is the recovery, as you know, Rip is amazing. Like I literally did 30 bags of leaves yesterday. I feel fine today. And like, whatever I do, I'm a bike rider now, a walker and uh, whatever I do the next day, I feel great. Um, but I kept thinking about the give back portion of it. And I went to your mom and dad's cooking class, the half day class. And when I got home, I took their invoice and I expensed it through Blue Cross Blue Shield and I was denied. We're talking about $700. And I thought to myself, hmm, they'll they'll cut a check for $120,000 for bypass, but not refund me $700. I said, oh my God, that's a sign from God. This is my mission. Are you working right now? Are you retired? No, I'm, I'm, I'm still, um, I, I still own a telecommunication consulting firm. I don't work much, but I'm still involved and I'm still putting in time, hard time with, and good, hard time, healthy, healthy, good, hard time with PBNSG. Got it. Got it. So, um, so anyway, so, so you were like, oh my God, this is a sign they're not going to reimburse the $700. Right, I'm going after Blue Cross Blue Shield. I'm going to get a pay code established, you know, and. So I, <clears throat> the way it works, you got to keep on appealing, going up a level, appealing, get to about the seventh layer, and they still denied me. But they gave me an explanation on my appeal saying that you have to work with the Michigan legislature to have them uh, produce and, and create a pay code. And I thought, well, that's guess it wasn't a sign because I'm not going to do that. I didn't want to drive an hour and a half and try and convince, you know, all these dairy farmers to uh, – you know, go plant-based or understand the benefits of it. So instead I said, you know what I'll do is I'll, this thing worked for me and there's a lot of heart disease. So I put a $20 ad in the paper and uh, within two days I left my phone number. I just said, it was a simple ad. It said, I was able to stop my heart disease through a whole food plant-based. If you'd like to know about it, I'm inviting you to my house. First 20 people. Within two days, I had 20 people signed up and they all came over the house. And what was cool about it was of the 20, 16 of them are still involved with PBNSG. So I thought, well, let's do that again. I waited another month, did it again. Within two more days, 20 more people showed up. I said, oh, my goodness, that's the sign. So then I wanted to go to a bigger place. But I realized I'm not a doctor. I'm just a guy. I'm nobody special. And. I needed to have a doctor by my side. So I called, you know, the heads of three hospitals. They gave me three names of, you know, lifestyle cardiologists. And Dr. Joel Kahn was one of them. I had never met the guy in my life, never heard about him. But I figured since his name was repeated three times, I'd meet him first. And uh, after I was done, I realized he was a good spokesperson, a good doctor to, you know, to join me in this journey. 
and we had our very first meeting. We had had room for 80 people. We had 123 people in the first meeting. Yeah. And then, uh, we, you know how things are. You go to a second meeting the next month, it would drop off, but we actually had 141 people. So we scheduled a third meeting, and two days before the third meeting, Beaumont Hospital kicks us out. Why did they kick us out? Well, they said that, you know, we had too many people in a small room. There's a fire concern. But they had a bigger auditorium. They just chose not to give it to us. The real reason was they were promoting standard American diet, and we were whole food plant-based. So I was on a major scramble to find a place. I called churches, synagogues, and then I called the Birmingham school system. And Rips, you've spoken there many, many a time. And they opened up their hearts and their doors to us. And we did our live meetings for almost nine years there. And I'm, I'll always be in gr- deep gratitude to them. They were very good and kind to me. So throughout this journey, where's your wife been on it? Because you, you said in the beginning... You had your side of the fridge and her side of the fridge. Is that still how it is today? Yeah, it is. You know, and, and, and I always tell people it's kind of an interesting story. First, I'm one of the lucky ones, man. I'm still deeply in love with my my wife of 24 years. She's my best buddy. Yeah. And she has put up with everything I've had to go through for the last 24 years. And if you look at her family history, her mom's still around and she's 78. Her mom's mom lived to 94. 98, mm-hmm. you know, so the, the women in that family, they could eat whatever they want because they outlive most people. So I was never going to sit there and, you know, she's plant aware. She eats a little healthier, but that's one of those like just mutual respect. Yeah, it would be great if her and I were both whole food plant-based. It would be, but it doesn't take anything away from us or her um, that we just respectfully, you know, do our own thing on, on when it comes to food. That's pretty special because we, we deal with a lot of people and, you know, it's, it's a husband and wife and it's a house divided. And I mean, so I just want to veer off what we were talking about for a second. So what advice would you give for a husband and wife team where the husband or the wife has no interest and it's very upsetting to the other the other yeah. member. Well, it's at first it starts with just mutual adult respect. You know, you married this person for good or bad, and it doesn't mean you can only just enjoy the good time. There, are, life is full of some bad. So if somebody doesn't accept the way you look at things, just remember why you married this person, why you love this person. And at the end of the day, I mean. You know, what you do is you find a happy medium. So, for example, when I make my vegetables and she wants to have fish and or chicken, she'll make that portion and then she can add it into the vegetables. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just find ways to work together. Mm -hmm. And um, it starts with the fact that I'm not drawing lines in the sand that can't be crossed. You know, that, you know, and if they are crossed, then it's over. No, I still love her and she's still my best friend. It doesn't mean we always have to agree on everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's huge. And I just, I think you're a lot bigger than I am like that. For example, I don't like cheese in our house. I don't like meat in our house. I don't like the smell of it. I don't want it lingering anywhere in the house. And it's, and it's something that is so strong that, you know, if we have guests, it's like, you're, 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 I mean, you're more than welcome to stay here, but 
listen, there's some ground rules. We, we, <laughs> we don't allow meat in the house, right? I mean, it, it just, everything we know about what it does, obviously, you know, for our health, for the planet, you know, being kind to the animals. So I, 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 I see how you and your wife, you're making it work. But in some relationships, it's like, this is something I can't see past. I mean, once you've, you, once you've, that bell has been rung, you can't unring it. And it's a reminder every day of death, you know, harmfulness to the environment, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, I'm like, I, I applaud you for being able to make that work. I really do. Well, you know, um, if I let, I'm a, I'm an emotional person, you know, like I, I really am. And it's like, there's a lot of things that kind of bother me at times and I have to learn how to, I've learned how to put it in its own compartment. So when friends and family come over, they could bring whatever. I'm not going to go buy the stuff necessarily. And I would for Tracy's family, mm-hmm. but, but I, I'm saying that like, you know, I just, I, I just, I, I become numb to that. It just doesn't, it doesn't bother me, but you hit upon something that I am, which is beyond whole food plant-based, I'm a plant animal person at, at first and foremost, especially the planet. And I've come to realize over years that we got to get the humans right first because we're too darn selfish. And if we got the humans right, then the planet has a chance, animals have a chance, but it, it has to go humans, plant animals, as opposed to plant animals, human, because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll mm-hmm. just ruin things. We just ruin, we're ruining things. That's what yeah. we're doing. Well, speaking of your... Um... Your wife, I see behind you on that board, PC Heart TC. Uh, that's yeah. nice. That's really nice. That's hey, I, I she is. Um, you know, it's kind of neat when you you know. I, I got. I, I've said I had three three true loves. I told you this earlier. My mom, my my dog who just passed away last week, and my wife. Now I just have my wife, and I covet the fact that uh, I'm happily married. That. You know, we, we, we were able to be with each other and then be away from each other because we got grandkids now. She watches them quite a bit. Um, but it starts with just, you know, she's my friend and, and I love her. I, I, I don't ever want to lose her. So you've been doing this PBNSG, this amazing support group now since 2013-14. And tell me a little bit about how, how it's grown over the years. Well, it has changed, but... Um, Initially, it was just a heart disease group, honestly, honoring your father, Hmm. because I, to this day, and it's been, you know, 11 years, still can't believe it's the food. Like, like, like I went from can't walk to 20 mile bike riding, you know, six mile walking, you know, I would say heavy weightlifting, but that's a lie. It'd be, it's light weightlifting because I'm older. Yeah. The point is, is that. It's like, I just had to change my diet. So it's like, if that's all it was, then I needed the world to know. I know it was crazy because here I am 11 years later and the world still doesn't know. So I've, I've reduced it. I just want the nation to know. Okay. <laughs> maybe I just want people in Michigan. I don't know. I just, it's, it's amazing. And I hope we get into it. You know, some of the initiatives I've tried and failed again, I'm able to compartmentalize it. So I don't think about how the medical schools aren't teaching it. The hospitals aren't giving it and how doctors are telling it. Okay. So um, I, I can live with that. I don't like it, but I can live with it. But the point is, is that I just wanted to honor your dad and, and what his ideas were, because I still can't believe it's a food. So 
it started it's a heart disease group and about three, four years in. And by the way, everybody, I want to everyone to know this. The very first speaker for PBNSG was Rip Esselstyn. And man, we had fun. And he's come many a time to give a talk. And it's electrifying. Not only him, but the the audience. We used to get 500 to 1,000 people in seats. It was just the, the most unique feeling I've ever felt uh, in business. And per, maybe personally at times. Um but there was a moment where I wanted to morph into animals and planet. But as I mentioned, we've got to get the humans right. So we actually kind of grew into like diabetes, obesity. And, you know, and, and, and so that was part one of who we were. We'd have live meetings every single month. And then we'd have culinary classes once or twice a month where anybody could join. And then we started doing something called small groups. And we got up to about 54 small groups around the country. And we were growing. Uh, and then, unfortunately, you know, it was about three years ago, COVID hit. And, you know, I found out about COVID in February. And immediately we had to shut all of the things that we did. And we're so, you know, we love doing down. So we had like 100 volunteers. We had to stop that. We had to, we had to stop all of our live events. We did a hard pivot and uh, we had to go virtual. And I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that we're still in business. Like, you know, uh, Unlike many other people, we have never once gotten that big donation. Boy, could I be, I would be so much fun if I could find one donor to give me $50,000. That's not even that much. But we've been able to stay in existence through COVID on our you know, membership, which is a whopping 20 bucks a month. And I think it's on sale right now for like a dollar uh, for three months to try us. And I know that we're the only game in town right now to help people, but we are now virtual, but we are still doing one or two speaker events, one or two culinary events. Unfortunately, the small groups had to stop, but we kind of changed that. And we now have 15 specific support groups. So if you have heart disease, when we meet once a month, you could be with all people who have heart disease. If you have diabetes, obesity, a single parent, workout, you know, we've got a whole list of things and you could find all of that on our website and free advertisement here, www.pbnsg.org. So here we are today. We do um, all virtual events and we just load you up. We've got like, you know, some five, six, seven events, plus a free community event every single month. So we're still knocking on the doors. We're still out there working. Yes, you are. It's a beautiful thing. And so you mentioned you were lying on that gurney and you're like, God, get me, get, help me out here and I will give back. So is, have you always been somebody that's gave back or is this something that really was kind of a, a new foray for you? And, and, and how has it fed your soul? Well, the give back part um, in college, I had um, I was four credits shy of a social worker's degree. So I wanted, I always liked helping people. Of course, when they offered me the job, and I'll never forget, they said, well, I was up in Ingham County at Michigan State University, and I was working, I spent a summer at the juvenile detention home. And at the end of the tenure there, the guy who was running it says, hey, I'd like to offer you a job. It's $8,000 a year, plus you could stay here at the juvenile home and sleep here. And I looked at him, I said, $8,000? a year. 
So I realized I better knock off a few other classes, end up getting my business degree so I could start at Land Lakes Butter Company for $14,000. Oh, that's kind of ironic. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. I always laugh at that because, Rip, you know, I don't tell this to many people, but I, I spent one year at Land Lakes. I was the guy who would come home with the five-pound blocks of cheese and eat the extra sharp cheddar during the whole weekend because I didn't know anymore. I just liked how it tasted. And then I, I quit that job to go work at Stouffer Food Company when they were introducing all their you know, red box Stouffer foods, and then, um, you know, their chocolate chip cookies from Nestle and their lean cuisine line, which was so full of salt. But, you know, so I, I don't think I paid for a dinner for like a year. I was just eating their foods all the time. But what a great way to help my uh, cholesterol get higher and higher, huh? Woo, totally, <laughs> totally. Um, how has it felt for you? Because I know how much you have poured your heart and soul and sweat and tears into PP, PBNSG, and were you like, yes, I mean, this, I, and, I, and I know you're always looking to do more and more and more, but let's look at the, like, the silver lining here, what you were able to create, develop, the number of lives you were able to help. How good did that feel? Well, you know, because uh, we are brothers and we always talk our truths, um, it's, it's always rewarding to touch a life and change a course. I mean, it, it, how can you not feel good when somebody will come up to you and say, thank you for saving my life. And I've heard this just like people I have with you, your father, mm-hmm. all the people that you surround yourself with, you hear it and you know, it's, but I, but I, I gotta admit, I'm, maybe I'm just different. I appreciate when they say that to me, but saying that, I really, and again, this is my being just naive, just just naive. I, I I wanted the world to know the benefits of nutrition before pills or procedures. Mm. So I set upon myself with a couple of huge initiatives over these years. One was um, on the request of Wayne State Medical School, they asked us to create a curriculum that would include nutrition. I didn't ask them, they asked us. So we spent a year and a half we end up not really creating a direct curriculum, but rather four to six items of the nine systems of the body, because halfway through it, they changed how they teach their you know, young first, you know, your medical students. We have so many people involved, Michael Clapper, Brenda Davis, but more importantly, I had 14 first and second year medical students from around the state of Michigan collaborating. So when we finally presented it to Wayne State, they turned it down. They just couldn't bring themselves to do it. Now they turned it down. We then applied, waited three more years and they finally accepted it. So now I believe they're the only medical school that uh, has their first and second year medical students. Again, it's not a nutrition curriculum, but it's infiltrated into their education. So they may get you know, a little bit more nutritional education than most medical schools. Um, so that was a plus and that felt great. And then I had an opportunity where General Motors reached out and wanted, you know, they had a problem with their retirees were all getting sick and the cost of medical insurance to General Motors was, you know, just, I think the second or the third highest expense they had. So they called me and said, Hey, let's create a program that you could present to the retirees. I thought, Oh my goodness, this is that, that moment, you know, where, all the people involved with whole food plant-based will benefit because if general motors will take on this program, the whole world will take this program on. So 
We then, I got Dr. Neil Bernard and Dr. Joel Furman created a beautiful presentation along with Dr. Brakey and Dr. Sonor, doctors locally here. We presented it to General Motors at their board level. And at the end, they turned it down. Did they say why? They said they weren't quite ready for this, you know? So again, you know, when, when you put your heart, that, that, like I said, I appreciate when somebody says, thank you for helping save my life. But it's those things that I was hoping for. So, you know, I don't look at me being any type of a failure per se, but I had lofty goals and I still do. And that's why I keep doing this with the hope someday that something huge will happen, that more people will know about it. And again, my position is I just want people to know about it. You know, like if you know about it and choose not to do it, that's on you. But what Rip, it's amazing as you look back, and you and I've been doing this for about the same time. You probably more because you got your dad. But like, do we have a lot more plant-based restaurants? Not really. Do is it being taught in medical schools? Not at all. Is it uh, offered at the hospital level? No, not really. Are doctors like like you know you know glass half empty, glass half full? I'm I'm a half full person. Except the reality is it hasn't in eleven years done enough, and COVID didn't help any of us. So with that all being said, I am going to keep grinding it out, and I'm hoping that uh, I'll be announcing something big, a possible up-and-coming partnership, merger, or acquisition. I don't know. We'll, everyone will find out soon enough with uh, an organization called Rochester Lifestyle Medicine Institute, RLMI, run by Ted Barnett, Dr. Ted Barnett. So that's an example of what I believe needs to take place where we start merging working together, partnering together. You and I partner all the time, Rip, and we're going to continue. But, you know, we need to keep growing instead of uh, not growing. And that COVID hurt us all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I, I, I kind of look at it a little differently. I see like Kaiser Permanente that, you know, they put out a white paper to their 16,000 physicians saying, listen, we want the first course of action for people that come into your office that are hypertensive, uh, elevated cholesterol levels, overweight, pre-diabetic, to be whole food plant-based diet. You know, the the research is definitive. Columbus Batiste, who's, you know, yep. you, you know Columbus, right? Yes. Uh, I, I see, as we talked about before we went live, I see the number of people that are now like self-proclaimed plant-based slash vegans. I see the amount of celebrities, the amount of documentaries and books yep. that are being written on the subject. So to me, it's this society is definitely starting to flip, and I could not be more encouraged by what's going on. So you know, let's- you know what? Just a little, just just a little one thing on that. First, the Kaiser wrote the paper, but I got a bunch of buddies who work for Kaiser, and yeah, they, you know, it's it, a paper is just words. The, the fact is, you got to get they're not being forced to talk about it. You know, they strongly suggest they talk about it, but that's not even the point. The point is, is, you know, I'm, I'm 64. So, you know, my timeline is different than your timeline. So yes, I see where ACLM's numbers are, are huge and they're growing. And I saw that just recently the Senate passed something that may be that shed moment where they're going to put money into it to teach a hundred thousand doctors uh, nutrition. And that, that's a big thing. Okay. That, that could be a really big thing. And I'm jealous and I admire the fact that these people did that. So 
I agree with you. There are some things that are happening, but again, the fact that I'm 64 uh, and I got ants in my pants and a, a touch of OCD, uh, I want it now. Like, like, yeah. you know, and, but, but, but he, he rep, you'll get a kick out of this. I, I'm a lucky man. I've had the opportunity to be, to call your dad, my friend, Colin Campbell, my friend, John McDougal, I just spoke to the other day. When I think I have it bad, uh, just I think about John McDougal, your dad, and and uh, T. Colin Campbell. Right. It's been for them. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of, you know, squashes me right there. That's when I compartmentalize. I stop being a baby about it. Yeah. You know, these, you know, there is improvement, and I do see what you're saying, and I agree with you. I'm just, you know, I just I want it done now, okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're 64, but, you know, the good news is, you're still a spring piece of kale. You are still very, you're still very young yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Um, tell me, PBNSG, 501c3, nonprofit, right? 501c3, nonprofit. So if people want to donate, if they want to give, if they want to help help this amazing organization out, what do you recommend? Where, where should they go? What should they do? Just go to our website, www.pbnsg.org. And, uh, I, you know, any, any uh, donation is a beautiful donation. I thank you ahead of time. But also consider joining our membership. You know, mm-hmm. we're not asking for a whole lot. I think, it, like I said, it's on sale for the rest of this year to try us out. And, uh, you know, it's like, uh, like Mikey. If you try us, you'll love us. We're going to educate you. We're going to bring you all the speakers in. Rip, you're going to be kicking off 2023 for us. Yep, mm-hmm. thank you, my friend, as always. Because, the one thing I love about the Esselstyns, many things I love, but they never said they've never said no to me, and I appreciate that uh, so much. The support they've given me, and um, so just go to our website and become a member, make a small donation if you want to make a big one. That's cool too, but um, yeah. I just uh, I'm a lucky man, Rip. I, I always feel that way. So tell me, tell me what happened to you a couple months ago. Well, that was a moment. Okay, so. So here I am down in Florida and it, I'm going for a walk and I'm like, wow, something felt really weird. And it, I just was like, I almost felt like angina again. And this is way late in May and we we're about ready to come back to Michigan. So I come back to Michigan and it was still feeling that way once a day. It wasn't really strong like it was 11 years prior. But all of a sudden, it started getting worse and worse. And I said, well, I'll just, heck, I'm not even going to eat potatoes. I'll just eat greens all day. I, I know how to do this. So I spent the next, oh, man, it was like two and a half months. And it just getting worse and worse. And got to a point where I couldn't even move a grocery cart without the pain coming in. It was happening seven times a day. And where does where does the pain coming in? Is it the chest? Is it it's the right, shoulders? It's right it? in the chest. It's like it's like it hits you in the chest, and then I just have to close my eyes and wait like five minutes wherever I am, and just do like some 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 yoga breathing, you know, Lamaze breathing, just just slow, and you know, then I you know, or I try to excuse myself where I could sit down for five minutes. Is it a heat? Is it like a rubber bands being stretched? No, it's like a, it's like a tightness, like an immediate chest tightness. Mm, okay. And um, you know, I obviously at that point, you know, my wife knew about it, my friends knew about it, everyone saying, like, Paul, go to emergency right away, go to emergency. I'm like, wait a second, you guys. I said, you know, 
I just don't want to go to some stranger. I'll go back to the Cleveland Clinic because that's where my cardiologist is. Unfortunately, you know, you just can't call and show up unless it's an emergency. And I figured, you know, as long as I don't do a whole lot of moving, it's not a, the engine that doesn't come back. It's like every time I walked or walked a little faster, it would hit me. So I took the whole summer off, just kind of did nothing. And by the way, a side note, like I watched more TV this summer than I've watched in the last 30 years combined. I don't know how people can do it. I, I mean, seriously, I was like, I was like reading and then watching TV and I wasn't doing anything. And then I was like the whole time I couldn't work out, couldn't do anything. I felt like a total sponge, but um, I had to line up the dates because when I go to the Cleveland clinic, they do a bunch of tests before another heart catheter. So it took them like four weeks to schedule everything lined up. So literally for four or five weeks, I just laid on the couch or the bed, did nothing. And Oh my God, for a person like me, miserable like that. You know, I was like, take me, do anything you can to me. I can't live my life like, like that. So about, eh, it's been like five, six weeks. I go into the Cleveland clinic. They do another heart catheter. And what they found out was my LAD was 99% blocked. Okay. So, so for, and for people that don't know, that's the left anterior descending artery. Right. Uh, uh, AKA Widowmaker. Yeah. And my, my doctor who's, you know, does have a small sense of humor about that much. He says, Hey, if we were to schedule about two more weeks, I went ahead and show up. <laughs> so, so they, I was lucky again because they were able to put a stent in me and immediately I started feeling better and, you know, but I felt better physically, mentally. I wasn't in a good place. You know, I, I've never been a depressed person. I felt depressed because I thought to myself, Hey, I was heart attack proof. Dr. Esselstyn said I'm heart attack proof. I still have a hundred percent block of my right artery. That's still there, but I have all these little collateral arteries supporting me. And how could this be? So then when we started doing a deeper dive, it looked, I discovered that my lipoprotein little a LP little a was over 300. And it turns out it should be less than 30. And it's like a genetic predisposition for this plaque making factory called Paul that I can't do much about. Now, to know me, I did some research, did some studying, and I'm doing a self experiment because right now um, I found out that there is some studies being done on LP little a. And the hope is, is that they do, I, I volunteered for a couple of test trials of it. And if they do the testing and do the study, studies are tough because it costs a lot of money. But if they do it, you know, my doctors believe I'm about three to five years away from a pill to help me get better. But in the meantime, um, I, I, I read, I, 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 I kind of shared my story to the world and my beautiful members, a bunch of them sent me some articles. And one of them was, uh, is it, Rip, was it uh, Dr. Pauling? He did a study on LP little A that goes back many, many years that was sent to me. Mm. So I am doing a self-study. I got a lipid panel done. Uh couple of weeks ago again. And then I started taking 6,000 milligrams of, in combination, let's marry them together. Yeah, vitamin C and vitamin C and lysine. Lysine, yeah. So he did that. And was, was this uh, Linus Pauling? Yes. Uh-huh. So I'm like, in, in the article, it was somebody self did this experiment on themselves and they were able to drop it. So I'm going to go six weeks taking 6,000 of each every day. If I see a change, I'll tell the world. 
and then I'll add a multivitamin and maybe I'll play around with niacin because that's kind of the the uh, elixir that uh, what this person did. But the first step was to try the vitamin C heavy dosage and lysine. So are you still on any kind of statins? Or- I am. I, I still am on um, Repathia. I inject that into my stomach twice a month and a, a quarter of Crestor every third day. Mm-hmm. But, my, but, but the good news is my cholesterol is at 105 with my LDL at 43. So for those that are like wondering, so you're eating whole food plant-based yes. since 2014 or whatever, when you had your event um, or you were going to be rolled into surgery. But even with, with that, you're saying because of that genetic predisposition with the LP little a, you still had some plaque buildup in that left anterior descending. Is that oh, correct? Yeah. It was feel, yeah. And you know, I, and I shared a little bit about how depressed I felt. I mean, it's like, because I feel kind of helpless, so I'm, I'm trying to do something. But I also know that, you know, until I get some, this this uh, kind of got my arms around this thing, it could happen again a year from now, three years from now. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let it, you know, uh, affect me day to day, but it's in the back of my mind. This is something that I'm having a tough time compartmentalizing. But you had, so you had the stent in the left anterior descending. You said you had 100% blockage in the one of your right coronary arteries, right? Yes. And so, and then... Back in the day, you had 100% on the right, and then you said you had two that were 70% blocked. Was one of yeah. those the, the LED? Yes. Okay. So that LED increased about, what, 20, 29%. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Well, so, I mean, the the one that's 100%, you had nothing done there, right? You just were, you were relying on the corollary uh, collateral, like yes. vessels, right? That that's were, that, Right. Well, you know, it sounds to me like – you're doing everything right, right now. Well, and I and I and I would say to everybody, it's like, hey, my, you know, one thing I noticed was my heart shrunk. I don't have an enlarged heart. I don't have leaky valves. So whole food plant based works. It's just that sometimes, you know, you need the best of both worlds because genetics does play a part. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful that I got this stent because I got my life back. Now, trying to get back into shape, that's been a little bit tougher, but. I'm out there grinding because that's what I am. I'm a grinder. (laughs) Yes, you are. Paul, it is truly to me spectacular how you just decided to give back and, and make it happen. You have been so committed to PDNSG. And like you just said, keep grinding. I'm telling you, good things happen to those that don't give up and keep grinding. Right. Especially when you believe in what you're doing. And I know that you do. And it is it has been um, it's been a deposit that you have made that has truly affected your soul uh, to the betterment. I think we all know that. Well, thank you. And and I um, like I said, I, I'm the lucky one. You know, I mean, how, how often can you say you could help people and you could help yourself and you could live a healthy life? And uh, that's what I'm living right now. And I get to meet some some really nice people along the way. So I'm a pretty lucky guy. Yep. Yep. All right. Again, pbnsg.org. Paul Chatlin, you're doing, you're doing wonderful things. Thanks for what you're doing. And um, I will see you, if not before, January 5th, 2023. Thank you, my friend. As always, you, you're always there for me. I really appreciate that. And anything I could do, as you know, I'm here for you too. All right. Hey, hit me up. Plan strong. Cool. Plant strong. If you'd like to learn more about the work of PBNSG or support them with membership or 
a donation, visit pbnsg.org. I've put a link to them in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening, supporting, and sharing this podcast. Be sure to click that plus button in your app to follow the show and never miss an episode. And just like Paul, always keep it plant strong. Thank you for listening to the Plant Strong Podcast. You can support the show by taking a quick minute to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Leaving us a positive review and sharing the show with your network is another great way to help us reach as many people as possible with the exciting news about plants. Thank you in advance for your support. It means everything. The Plant Strong Podcast team includes Carrie Barrett, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Anne Cryle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening.